The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. The NFL schedule drops this week and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA and it is the start of the NBA Finals. We're recording this on Monday evening, but big day Tuesday, game one in Phoenix, Bucks at Suns. Uh, joining me from Phoenix where he's covering the NBA Finals is the undefeated's Mark Spears. Hey, Mark. What's happening, man? Where you at? You coming? I'm at home. I'm going to the Shadow Finals. The shadow finals. Um, but I'll tell you about that in a second. Before uh, I get too far, uh, joining us from Los Angeles, although she'll be going to the finals tomorrow, she's uh, going in, flying in game of because she's that kind of baller. Uh, it's also close. That's right. It helps. <laughs> it's also super close. That's, that's Ramona <laughs> Shelburne. Yeah. Spears, like when, when all those years where, um, uh, uh, you know, the Warriors were in the finals, Ramona just like, left her house in San Fernando Valley, rolled over to Burbank airport and was like, when's the next flight to either San Francisco or Oakland? All right, I'll yeah. get on that one. Yeah. And she just yeah. fly up for the game and then just go home after the game. Like it was you, a community. You could literally fly into Oakland airport and take one subway stop to the That's right. arena. That's, That's right. right. But I had to leave my stuff at the hotel. That's the problem. Like Mark, that's that was the only issue. It's yeah. like when you bring your stuff. And Although I know you Warriors, were staying in San Francisco. No, I never stay in San Francisco. I am Oakland. Come okay. on, Mark. Okay. You inter- you gave me the Mark Spears tour of Oakland. Do you remember that? I said Mark yeah, was. Yeah, I did give you all the restaurants. You, and you, Mark you wrote me. Mark is the unofficial mayor of Oakland, California. Okay, I know that's that true. there's a there's an official elected mayor. I'm sure. Um, I don't know who, <laughs> who that is right off the top of my head, but yeah. Mark is the you mayor. Have a tough of Oakland. time right now. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, Mark gave me the, the starter set, like every restaurant. I almost hit every restaurant in the, all those years we were going up there, by the way. So you guys are at the real finals. The, <laughs> yeah. The shadow finals. Root for cities. Yep. Right. The shadow <laughs> finals is in Las Vegas because that's where Team USA is training for the next two weeks. Ooh. And uh, I am covering Team USA. That's and great, man. so I will be covering them in Vegas during their training camp. They've got five exhibition games in training camp. They've got nine members of their team, three members of their team, Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, and Devin Booker are in the finals. So they got nine members of the senior team, but then they've got 17 players in the select team, uh, including uh, a couple of the top rookies, Sadiq Bay, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton uh, there. And then there's Australia is there with a whole bunch of NBA players. Nigeria is there, a bunch of NBA players. There's five teams. Uh, Argentina is there uh, and Spain. I went to Nigeria's practice last week. There you go. Mike Brown, Coach Mike yeah. Brown. 
So nope. uh, that it, it, this has obviously never happened before. Will hopefully never happen again. The concept of Team USA is operating at the same time as the NBA Finals, and the, the exhibition games are on Finals off days. Um, but this is what has to happen, and I'm, I'm and and they're going straight from Vegas to Tokyo. I'm coming home for two days and then leaving for Tokyo. Ooh. So, um, so, what, so what's your flight, Brian? <laughs> uh, going to Chicago and then to Tokyo, but the restrictions are the amount of paperwork and stuff that has to go on to get into the Olympics and then how we're going to move in the Olympics. It won't quite be what you had last year in Orlando Spears. Yeah. Um, in so much as that we are allowed to actually move outside. We're in sort of a quasi bubble. We're only allowed to be at the hotel, the venue and the TV station. Um, wow. Uh, I that's a bubble. Yeah. You oh, we can also go to the media center, um, that, but it's spread out. You know, the, the arena where they play the basketball is 40 minutes by car from Tokyo. So I'll be, you know, on a high, you know, you got, you took a bus like 10 minutes. I'll be taking a car like 40 minutes um, for the games. But uh, yeah. And so the, <laughs> here's the problem guys. Like yeah, <laughs> you can't, you're really by the letter of the law, you're not allowed to go out to restaurants and even get takeaway food, but you know, it's, it's all Japanese. So, you know, I guess they have Uber eats. So I'm trying to figure that all out, but, um, but I, I think I've got the greatest setup. I mean, I will be watching the games on off nights and uh, yeah. talking to the all-stars, you know, the team, team USA is loaded with all-stars. Um, so That'd be a little news out of that team USA too. And, yeah, we got some. Uh, we'll have some stuff going on this week. So um, I and, should say, and inside thing on USA basketball, which is beautiful, usually done around one o'clock. Yeah, yeah, and the little bit later this year, Pop is uh, is not pushing him too hard, but <laughs> it's um, it's going to be a great opportunity to to uh, see these guys, and we do have a little bit of face to face access. So it won't be on Zoom, which I haven't had a chance to, to do yet. But I should say um, for the listeners, um, as we've done the last few years, Zach Lowe and I are going to be recording post-game podcasts um, after every game. Immediately after the game, we're lining up some guests. We've got uh, some prominent. We've got some NBA All-Stars hey. maybe coming on. But I don't want to say too, you know, we haven't recorded yet. They're not on the pod yet, so I'm not. I want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, hopefully some NBA coaches and some other people that'll be on right after the, we'll record them right after the games and they'll post. So uh, I'll be doing that from Vegas and that'll be um, while you guys are working. I'll be, uh, I'll be in the shadow, be at the shadow finals. So Brian in the business, we call that a tease, right? <laughs> right. Tune in next week when we have That's a right. very special guest. That's right. <laughs> so Spears, you were at media day today. One of the most unusual limited media days, but nonetheless, it took place. And um, th I, this has obviously happened before, but I can't re really remember, I guess, two years ago with Kevin Durant, there was uncertainty about whether he'd come back, but you know, his team was obviously had other superstars on it. Um, it's, you know, I see all these people making selections, making picks, and maybe you guys did too, but it's really hard for me to say, oh, I know what's going to happen in this series when Giannis Tenacumpo, the Bucks' best player and a transformational player, the way they play. We just don't know when he's going to play. We don't know how he's going to look. I mean, I have a difficult time Spears figuring out how these finals are going to go. And I guess that sums up 2021. That's the way it's been all, all year. Um, but this is a different vibe 
with, without having that information. And then Giannis didn't speak today, right? No, he didn't. He didn't speak. They brought Brooke Lopez in instead, which is <laughs> probably more entertaining from a quote standpoint. <laughs> but um, no, nah, it you know, Bud offered nothing, man. He never does. No. Nah, Look, I, mean, I just got done covering the Clippers and Kawhi, so I'm. I mean, there is yeah. there's absolutely nothing, and then there's virtually nothing, and then there's really nothing. And I think <laughs> yeah. like the, the Clippers gave you really nothing, but at least you Bud would get might something even on be the, lower than that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? It's weird. It's um, yeah, and and maybe this is uh, something that has taken place just because of the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's it's an excuse. But typically, they would make the guy still talk or mm-hmm. give you some more information. It just the ability to not tell us anything, no update, no nothing is um. I, I, I've known teams to be coy before, but like nothing, <laughs> no idea. Like it's, it's, it's really strange. Well, it makes me wonder about the gambling aspect, everything. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. the NBA is fully invested in gambling. Um, almost every team has some sort of gambling partnership and if they don't, they will. And so the NBA is wrapping its hand, hand, hands around it and saying, please gamble on our games. In fact, gamble with these partners. Um, but then they're, you know, they're basically, you know, the, the issue, I understand that there's a, um, there's a competitive issue, not letting the Suns know how close Giannis is. We don't want to let them know. Mm-hmm. They don't know what Giannis looks like. They've never seen him play. Don't tell anybody. Don't <laughs> tell anybody we have Giannis. Um, but it's a, it is a little bit difficult to encourage betting on your games when you aren't giving at least an injury update, you know, and then he doesn't well, even Vegas, talk. They take it off the board, right? I mean, if, if there's something that is, really truly up in the air and it really and, and it very much affects the betting line a lot of times vegas will just take it off the board well again um, the issue is that there are people who know correct and it's not and, it's you know that's that's where the problem is but i mean look i don't think this is a you know a plague on the league or anything i just think it's an interesting yeah sidelight yeah and i well and i think especially it, you know, it's our job to get information, right? So we're supposed to just be able to get around all that and w- cut through all that. And it, it's just, as Mark was saying, it, it's a lot harder when there's other issues, when we talk about COVID testing and the access we have and, and we're pulling back the curtain a little bit. Um, you know, look, your phone still works. People can still text you and they can still call you and there's always ways to get information, but um, usually at the finals, when there's a media day, everybody on the team, whether it's trainers, assistant coaches, the 13th guy on the, on the roster, the injured, 12th guy, players. You know, whatever, injured players, they're all on the court too. And you can talk to everybody and each mm-hmm. one of them has information and each one of them knows what's going on. And so now that is removed because everything is in a controlled zoom or press conference setting. And so, you know, look, I think the league, the players, everybody, nobody wants a positive COVID test right now to take a player or a coach out of the finals. I don't want that, Mark. I don't, I, you know, that, that would just be such a shame at this point, right? We, you know, we made it to here. Yeah. The, the unfortunate situation with Chris Paul in the last round, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful. We were on the jump the other day with Mark and you were talking about, you, you had the right to comment. Let's just pray for his health, okay? Number one. And then let's figure out what that, let's, let's he, you know, Let's let's hope he can play, and then he didn't, and that's what I think I've I've been feeling for the last year and a half, right? <laughs> it's just we yeah. all kind of 
give this stuff a break, you know, in terms of, you know, media access and all that, and just to have hope everybody's health is okay. But I think that's the issue for this year. But yeah, next so, season, we're going to be like, uh, what was that movie, Weekends? Like, Weekends at Maury, we're going to be uh, banging on the on the locker room door to get access. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you seed ground, uh, who knows whether you get it back. But that's a media discussion, which yeah. you know, isn't, isn't the NBA. But yeah. Um, so my information is, you know, vague, which is that mm-hmm. the Bucks expect Giannis to play in the series, but they don't know when. They don't know how he's going to feel. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Budenholzer is basically barely offering full sentences at this point. So um, he's one step away from Mike, from uh, Bill Belichick territory with his quote. <laughs> but he, he, he is, um, you know, he basically said he wasn't even saying he was going to practice today. So not that today's practice is going to be let's tape every ankle and go sweat. I mean, that's not happening right now, but um, if he wasn't able to go through full practice. I, I find it doubtful he could play tomorrow, but you know, we'll see. And I guess we'll see for game two. Um, the one thing I will say uh, at the beginning of the playoffs, I did this, um, this piece for ESPN.com. And I talked to a lot of different coaches and uh, some players about whether we, you know, we just had the most aggressive, highest scoring uh, offensive season in Mm. league history. And I wondered, is this playoffs going to be uh, like, and like no other playoffs because in the playoffs, typically defense rises up the best defensive teams tend to advance and, you know, often, you know, good defense beats good offense, Uh, you know, you know, maybe not in individual plays, but across the board. And I got a number of different opinions from coaches, but I'll never forget Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra was like, and I, and I, and I think Spo is often over the last 15 years been ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I respect, really respect his foresight and where the league is. And he said, no, I don't think these offenses can be stopped. Um, <laughs> I think that the defenses are, um, are just step behind it. I don't see him fixing it. And that still may be true, but I have to tell you guys, um, in the finals, and granted, there were injuries to the great offensive teams, but um, here we are in the finals, and the Bucks are the number one defensive team out of the 16 teams in the playoffs, and the Suns are the number two defensive team. Mm. And, the, and the Bucks are the number 10 offensive team out of 16, and the Suns are the number 11 offensive team out of 16. So, yep, injuries absolutely played a role, no doubt about it, especially for the path the Suns took, but the end of the day, the best two defensive teams that we've seen play over the last six, seven weeks are still standing. Hmm. And so I think, you know, based on that, especially with also Giannis out, I suspect we will see a lower scoring finals, Ramona. Now, now that I've said that, watch the first game be 129, yeah. 127, but I suspect we will see a lower scoring finals. You know, generally speaking, when you give two teams a chance to scout each other and play against each other over and over, they figure some things out, right? And, and you know, that Mark and I were spending a lot of time covering that, that, that Clippers Sun series. Um, there was a couple low-score games in there. Now, some of that, I think, was just fatigue. Like the 84-80 game out in L.A. game four, that, that just seemed like fatigue. But it was also just a very taut defensive standoff. Like all those guys on both teams were exhausted afterwards. Now the Suns have had a little break and I think that's what's, I'm, I'm curious to see, did, did they get their legs back? 
or did they lose some momentum? Sometimes when you're a little rusty, when you haven't played in a minute, you kind of lost some of that. You kind of lost some of that, whatever you had going, right? Um, the Bucks are, they just, how much, how many days off did they get, Brian? <laughs> like they want I mean, two, three, two, two and a half by the time yeah, they play tomorrow, but, but they, right? They had to fly from Atlanta up yeah. to Milwaukee and then Milwaukee out to Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, wow. They did, so they didn't, yeah, they, well, they didn't even pack for Phoenix, huh? They didn't, they didn't necessarily go to Atlanta and say, okay, yeah, we're going to go straight I mean, from Atlanta. I think yeah. maybe they, I don't know. They wanted to go home for a day, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some nice resorts in Scottsdale. I don't know. That um, they, they probably stay out there. But like, does that, does that help? at this point in the season, does it help to just keep going? Just, you know, I know when I'm, when, when I'm tired, I just want to keep going. And then when I'm done, I just want to be done. Right. Um, I, I think generally speaking, like when you have a little break, sometimes it takes a minute to get your win back, but um, this is what we'll see that in game one. I, you know, whatever, the, whatever the Suns are feeling, my goodness, they're going to be excited. We all saw the, the, the parade of fans and they, they had like a middle. Well, you guys have been, you guys airport, have been in that right? arena. Um, by the way, you know, that re- the arena is unnamed right now. I mean, I guess it's named the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns, Suns Arena. arena. Somebody <laughs> missed an opportunity. Somebody would have paid before the finals, right? That was like, a mistake. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. But Spears, you've been in that arena in the playoffs. I mean, that place gets – I mean, we're expecting a pretty crazy environment. Yeah, no, they um not only renovated it, they, like, changed the speaker system. They got a new DJ. And this isn't the Charles Barkley crowd. You know, it's it's a lot younger. Mm. You know, it, 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 I feel like I'm at some day party. Maybe you're just older, Mark. Maybe you're just older. <laughs> What's that? Maybe you're just older. Perhaps, <laughs> but but no, I mean, it it seemed more, you know, like, oh, oh man, maybe, I hope somebody from Phoenix, you know, challenges me if I'm wrong. But, you know, this definitely still is a retirement community in a lot of ways. And, you know, from my years of being mostly in the Western Conference, you know, it always seemed like it was a pretty much a little bit older crowd and whatnot. But now, nah, man, it's I can see why the older the older crowd doesn't want to be here. Like <laughs> it's or it's younger. It's 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 popping. It's a club. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. the renovations uh, are such where it, it's 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 for a club atmosphere. And um, it is, I think. And Monty Williams told me this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. He said he thought it was the loudest place in the playoffs. Wow. Loud as he had ever heard it. And there's a there's a hint of Oracle to this place right now. Well, it's an old, it's one of the old, I know it's been renovated, but what's one of the oldest buildings now in the league. Yeah. And so it's design, I mean, you know, the square footage of it is smaller than your normal NBA arena. It's more compact um, than your normal NBA arena. And therefore it has a better chance to create noise. But again, you know, you're in the finals. Every team is yeah. going to be fired up. A part of it is these fans haven't experienced yeah. this in a decade, and they've just been in this. They've been supercharged. Hey, Brian, um, you know what else yeah. they got here in the arena? Benny Hannas. What? In the yeah, arena? Benny Hannas. They, they have the arena. Uh, they have the what's not what's what he called those uh, is a hibachi. What, what do you call the the grill? Like where everybody sits around? And, yeah. And, well, now they cook it. They cook it like you're at the restaurant, and they give it to you in. The Go Bowl. Oh, okay. I see. But I was like, Benny Hanna's? Wow. That's a pre-COVID. Benny Hanna was a uh, a big time NBA place that players like to go. Benny, <laughs> Benny Hanna. Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory. P.F. Chang. P.F. Yeah. Chang's. So y'all might be dating yourself saying that. You could be right about that. Uh, Houston's. 
players am i we, we, am i wrong are there other places now spears um, you know they go to places that we can't get in well they go to places we can't get in in some cities <laughs> or in a bubble <laughs> well that's true but um a lot of cities <laughs> you know uh there's one city that i won't name where i ran into where i run into players at olive garden <laughs> Salt I can Lake. guess. I can guess. Damn, you Milwaukee. called. It. Oh man, you called it right off the bat. Damn. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. That that wouldn't have been. Brian, my first did you, guess, Brian, you, you forget the famous XOs in Cleveland. Yeah. Oh yeah, XO for sure. Ramona, no, did no. you ever go there? No, I don't think I did. That was uh If you huh. wanted to see anybody from the Cavs after a game, you go to XOs. Well, he he kept it open late for them, and yeah. they, he, you know, but yeah, but you know, yes, I I'm sorry to say, I and I, and you know, it's by the way, it's been a long time since I've been to that Olive Garden, but I did see players eating at Olive Garden in Salt Lake City. I don't mean to be offensive. I'm from Cleveland, folks. I'm not from Paris. I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying. What do you want me to say? I saw it happen. Um, Marcus Street Grill at the place in in Salt Lake, and and then go to Park City. Yeah, you can go Park City. All right, so <laughs> here's the thing. When these teams played in the regular season, they played uh, twice. Both times, um, the game was a one-point game. And both times, that difference was made um, by uh, Devin Booker free throws. And so as you look at this series, um, mm. this is a stat that I just find unbelievable. I've mentioned on the pod last week, the Suns have won – 12 consecutive games decided by five points or less. Wow. Wow. Um, and That's of course, the two, the two times they played <laughs> in the regular season, they won by one. Now, one of them was far back. In fact, Tory Craig was playing for the Bucks. Um, the other one was late in the season. Uh, I think Giannis might have missed one of the games or Chris Paul missed one of the games. Anyway, um, so the close games, and, and here's the thing. I went and researched um, why the Suns are so good in close games. I mentioned this last week a little bit, but the real answer I came up with was two reasons. Number one, Chris Paul doesn't turn the ball over like ever. Yeah. He had um, zero turnovers that last wow. game. That's amazing, right? He's got, he's got almost, points. he's got almost a six to one um, assist to turnover ratio in the playoffs. Like three to one is considered very good. Um, six, so he's, he's like 5.7 to one. So it's almost six to one. And the other reason is the other thing is they are the number one playoff free throw shooting team in history. Uh, wow. who's, who's made at least who's attempted at least 250. Mm. So, you know, not a team that played three games, you know, uh, I think it's like, um, 87% or something 86. like that. 86.2. Okay. 86%. So. And we know that Milwaukee's free throw shooting, especially with Giannis, is suspect at best. Giannis is the worst free throw shooter still in the you know in the series. So something to keep an eye on here, you know. And again, I don't know what will happen with Giannis. I have no idea when he will be in there, but you know, I think we're going to see low scoring at least by current NBA standards. And if the game is close, I I think it favors Phoenix. The other thing I'll say. The Bucks, and this isn't going to surprise anybody who's watched them at all. The Bucks are number one in the postseason in 
in, in scoring in the paint and they shoot almost 70% mm. um, in the restricted area. I mean, that is all Giannis, but also uh, Brooke Lopez shoots like 63, has been shooting like 63% in there. Uh, Bobby Portis shoots a real high, shot a real high percentage in there. Um, so that's their game. Their game is scoring the paint. Uh, in fact, I've, it, it frustrates me when they don't shoot more in the paint. But guess who the number one defensive team in guarding the restricted area is? Phoenix Suns, Phoenix DeAndre Suns, and, and that is And that is <laughs> yep. because DeAndre. The other thing is the Bucks live on second chance points. Um, I don't think they were number one, but they averaged 15 second chance points uh, a game uh, in the uh, in I I think I don't know if it was in the last series or just total. Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting some of these stats from John Schumann from NBA.com, who is just uh, you should read everything he writes. I mean, it's very numbers heavy, but um, he's one of the best at it. Um, so what I would look for is. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton to be a very big, important factor in this series because their, their defense at the rim and their rebounding is, uh, you know, Milwaukee needs those baskets at the rim and they need those second chance points. And that's where Ayton comes in. So, you know, I've, um, I've sort of felt like DeAndre Ayton has been the bellwether. Is that, yep. is that too old of you. a term? Bell no, we, we can. I don't know where it comes from, but I, I, I think people know that term, don't you? Okay. Spears. I don't you know. know what I'm saying. When I Do say we know the history weather? of bellwether? Am I talking about Benny Hanna still? <laughs> well, essentially, bellwether means if, if one is a leading indicator of trends, right? Like, so essentially, if uh, it's typically used when we're talking about elections or something, there's one like uh, Missouri used to be a bellwether. Whatever direction Missouri goes, that's with the direction that. The election is probably going to go right. Learn um, something new every day. That's yeah. So, um, so bellwether essentially it probably has to do something with the like a weather term. To be honest, yeah. right? Like I would just ring say the, <laughs> ring the bell when the tornado Aiden, comes in. I don't know. Aiden is a really Ray yeah. Aiden is a really really important player. And, yeah. In how he plays, and I'm not saying he's got to average. You know, he's had 11 double doubles in the yeah in the 16 games they've played, but it's not. Oh, I, hey, I, wait. I, I got I got the background. You ready? Okay. The, it's a it's a middle English term, and it refers to the practice of placing a placing a bell around the, the neck of a ram of a sheep, right, leading the flock of sheep, and the shepherd could then note the movements of the flock by hearing the bell, even when the flock was not. In no, sight. I've been criticized by people about <laughs> about talking like an old man on this podcast, and I don't I don't think I've improved my. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So anyway, the, the, uh, Spears, the you can rewrite that sentence with but, but Let me. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get back to this. I thought Milwaukee inside in the series against Atlanta, those stats that you just cited and Brooke Lopez and this, you know, getting inside, like he he there was a stat we saw in our SIG NBA chat, sports information group NBA chat, where he went from averaging about 15 feet away from the basket on the shot to like 11 feet away from the basket since since April. That is all the more impressive considering who they were playing. The, the Hawks have a very, they have a pretty good frontline defense there. Clint Capella there. So not against Milwaukee, they didn't. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you you, you want to say, okay, in, if the interior game of Milwaukee is the bellwether, okay, or Aiton is the bellwether for the Suns. Well, we just saw that in that series where Clint Capella is a really good defensive center. I mean, he he was very very much in the mix for um, first team all defense, second team all defense this year, um, and I think Milwaukee showed a lot. In, in, in being able to score against him and, and the Hawks defense there. So I like, 
I don't know. We'll see with Aiden. He, to me, is absolutely the bellwether for Phoenix. But I feel like I know what I'm going to get with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, don't you? I mean, yeah. I think those well, guys well, are going to be great. I'll say this. I saw one thing that was interesting about, I guess, my biggest take from Media Day was the seriousness of Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. But then Aiden, on the other hand, just like he was like really taking it all in, really excited. Ooh. Walked into the press conference room and was mm. like, wow, is this real? Am I here? Yeah. And, you know, and, and kind of in the middle of that pack was Devin Booker, who wore a, a 93 final yeah. Sun t-shirt. <laughs> That's so great. And, and so I, 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 I do wonder, I expect Chris Paul, he, he, he's like in robot mode right now, man. He, yeah. was, he was awful to interview today. <laughs> he yeah. Yeah. Nothing to offer. He, he's focused on the finals, right? He's not. But I, I do wonder in game one, like we forget that Booker's just 24. Um, it, it, they are at, they're letting anybody in the arena now. So it's it's going to be packed. It's going to be 18,000. It's going to be the finals. I, I do wonder if the bright lights at a moment could get to Aiton tomorrow in game one, could get to – Booker a little bit, even though I think his his dad has done a great job preparing him for this moment. Um, I I I I'm the first five minutes of the game. I'm watching those two and seeing if if they're still yeah. pretty nerve if they're nervous if the moment's bigger than they expected and and see how long it takes for their jitters to get away. You know that well, reminds me time, of a sto- yeah. that reminds me of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011 first time the heat made the playoffs with their you know big three yeah the night before game one they uh they they called and asked they could come in the uh they got lebron uh bosh and wade uh got him to turn on the lights and they came into the arena at night the arena the bowl was empty but it was all set up all the all the all the final signage was up everywhere um, you know, it was set up, ready to go. Just all the lights were off and they, um, they just hung out and, you know, shot around huh. and just sort of, you know, it wasn't like these were uh, puppies, you know, waited, won a championship. Yeah. LeBron had played in the finals and a bunch of big time playoff games, but they, they just wanted to sort of get in there together and like really take a talk about home court advantage. Like, let's, let's just take this in a little bit. And um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Chris Paul's pulling that with Booker tonight, Spears. Oh, maybe that, that's, that's going to. A- that's a hell of an idea. Yeah, they both have a key, I'm sure. Kind of like in um, Hoosiers, remember yeah. where he goes in and has them. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm dating and making myself sound even yeah. older, bringing up Hoosiers. But, like, you know, he's like, hey, it's 10 feet hoops and all that stuff. I can see Moody um, doing something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, in the last series against the Clippers, they had that big moment. Like, they had the closeout game in game five. They weren't great. And so I think sometimes that's good that you had that they sort of flopped on their home court. They had a chance to close them out. I remember. And um, that was the Paul George game you know, 30 points in the second half, 41 overall. And it wasn't like the spur. It wasn't, it wasn't like the Suns were bad. It was just like the Clippers kind of were playing with this underdog mentality. We got nothing to lose. They, they trotted out kind of a weird line lineup too. remember Zubac had a knee injury. So they, they, they went small they and went they played zone. zone and yeah. it was, you know, it was just a weird game. But, like, that was a big moment. They had a chance with all those fans to close that, and they didn't get it done. And I think they learned from that because they went on the road and closed it out in game six. Like, they didn't want to come back for game seven. They wanted to just close this out right here, right now. 
and they did it. And well, and it was really Chris Paul in that, especially in that second half, which is unbelievable. He comes in when the lead gets down to seven and says, I'm, I am this close. I am not like, you know, to quote Hamilton, right? Like I'm not going to miss my shot. Okay. I always and, love quoting Hamilton. I mean, I let me ask you this. I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm just, cause you know, cause I'm an old man. Maybe I'm having a brain uh, senior moment here, but there's no like outdoor place where Suns fans watch the games, right? Because it's that plaza. <laughs> yeah, they have a plaza outside, though. You know, I think, but they don't have like ten thousand people there, like Milwaukee, because it's too no, they, damn they, hot, right? Well, when they're on the road, they go inside. Right. right. Of course. Right. Yeah, they have they, to. Nah, Let me check and see if the Diamondbacks are home. I wonder if they would. Uh, if the Diamondbacks are home during this, it's, it's All Star break, right? So maybe there's. You know, uh, just because it's—I mean, I'm you know, I'm maybe maybe I'm not remembering that they showed scenes of it, but it just you know, because you know, the first off, the game started at five o'clock. Yeah. So we're oh, talking about the heat. Hey, of the thanks day. for telling me too. I know. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. I, I didn't know it was that early. I'm pretty <laughs> like sure. Six o'clock, right? You know, I, okay, I'm planning well, my I'm planning my watch parties for the shadow the shadow finals. Right, right, right. You know, and uh, you know, in our palatial Vegas suites. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're not, we're just going to be relaxing while you go. Well, the Diamondbacks are out of town, it looks like. <laughs> so this might be, uh, All right, well, this I, might be. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, you can now stream the most MLB games on direct TV without a satellite dish. Yes. Catch the clutch hit strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa birds, old timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on direct TV. That means direct TV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes. Stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I do think that, uh, you know, both of these teams, I think a couple of players have played in the finals. Jay Crowder. Yep. Um, but, like, I know nobody. Nobody's either, won, right? Nobody's got a ring. 6 p.m. Pacific, by the way. Oh, 6 p.m. Sorry. Thank you. I was just about getting a little nervous there. Well, I'm planning uh, my first uh, finals game in Vegas is going to be Sunday. That's a five o'clock Pacific start. Yeah. Go to well, I'll say this, though. watch it, by the way. And, and no, I won't no, go into detail. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. I'm Listen, not going if, what, this is the thing you need to know about my friend Mark Spears. Every town, he is the mayor. <laughs> okay. He knows everywhere to go in every town. Like every new, if I haven't been to a place, I'm, Mark, where should I go? He has a, his restaurant list runs ten deep in every town. No, no. Um, I'll be in. Uh, I'll be in a. Uh, I love it. I'll be in a comfortable. You'll be in your suite. Set. I'll be in a comfortable setting. Um, I will say this: one NBA player, a very major star, once told me that uh, you know there's there's a Vegas for everybody, and then there's a Vegas for us, and it's a totally different Vegas. <laughs> Um, so exactly what they mean. Yep. Uh, you know, I there think, are separate uh, entrances. Let's put it that way. Let's, yes, let's, that's the only, the, hotels, that's only the start upset. of it. 
Yeah, and it, but it's not just NBA players, by the way. It's it's for I superstars know. too. Like I'm Spears a, is know. staying quiet. I think Spears has maybe entered into those hallways once or twice. But uh, I've seen a few all things. I know is I have a whole bunch of failed failed stakeouts that I've done in Vegas because I didn't have access to the right entrances. <laughs> I would be waiting in the lobby. I, I love that story. From um, it's <laughs> it's it's really kind of funny now because it's Beverly, but I love the story from. Um, uh 2000 the summer of 2019 mm-hmm. when the clippers the i don't i don't know if, was it the night of the earthquake um oh yeah this, the, the, which yeah, i think summer league earthquake yeah okay i think it was actually, no earthquake <laughs> right, so but continue says so the guy from the bay area um <laughs> we're gonna knock on wood where they got the paul red. george and Kawhi. you know they got in the same night and yeah. um I can't remember the name of the Italian. So summer league was going on. So all of the NBA was full. Was, Is it Pietro's? Might be Pietro's. I don't, I I don't think it was fun. Pietro's. Um, okay. Spears, do you know which uh, Italian restaurant it was? They have a bunch of uh, private rooms. and Beverly. What, was, what hotel? No, it was one of the Italian restaurants in one of the hotels. And uh, they have a whole hallway of private dining rooms. And there was all these different parties with NBA players in. And Beverly was going down the line, you know, talking smack. LeBron was up in there and Paul George was there. And um, uh, so LeBron was there with some Lakers mm. and um, Paul, uh, Paul George was there and Beverly um, ran up and down talking smack in and out of the private rooms um, because the Clippers, the Clippers <laughs> had just gotten uh, Kawhi. That is on brand. Yep, that's yeah, on brand. That is on brand. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe that's part of the uh, secret Vegas. That uh, yeah. No, I won't be in the secret Vegas. I'll just be in the at the shadow finals. That's all I'm going to say. Um, See, there's a there's a roster. Other people with private rooms, and he got his own private room. There's there's a roster of our teammates who are going to be there. That's all I'm going to say. And yeah. um, you know, while you guys are working, we're going to be. You know, I mean, I'm going to be working. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Team USA. But you're hanging out with the gambling guy. You know, I'm not saying I'm just saying, you know, I'm not I'm not pretending to have any special access. I'm just saying I've it's okay to flex, Brian. No, no, I'm not flexing. <laughs> it's not special access. Just I don't stay on the strip. All right. I don't stay on the strip. I know I don't usually either anymore. Yeah. I, I'm too old for that. Um <laughs> so <laughs> so um, you know, I think it's I think it's important for Phoenix to you know, obviously, uh, the Clippers had some momentum coming off of the Utah series, getting the two wins without Kawhi. And then the Suns came out in game one of that series. And granted, it was a tough turnaround. And that turnaround was a factor in that series where the, where the mm-hmm. Clippers had to win on a Saturday night in Salt Lake and then play on Sunday afternoon in Phoenix. But Booker comes out and has a 40-point triple-double. <clears throat> Chris Paul is not in that game. That was a huge win for the Suns to establish themselves in that series. So here are the Bucks coming off of two games where they've played pretty well. One of the things that's happened these last two games is Drew Holiday has been unlocked a little bit offensively. And it's, you know, Mike Budenholzer has taken some fire for the way he operates his offense and seeing how well Holiday plays without Giannis is a little maddening. And you say, how come he doesn't play this way more often? How come Bobby, how come you can't get more out of Bobby Portis? Because it's not like, and I know Giannis, you know, tends to stop the ball, but it doesn't mean that you have to play that way. And so whatever the point is, they've played pretty well the last two games, really 
put their foot down on Atlanta to win game six in Atlanta. So I think it's going to be important for the Suns. I know that they're favorites in game one and they're favorites for the series. I think I saw today they're minus 180. That's pretty heavy favorites. And, you know, if, if the bookmakers feel that Giannis is either not going to play a majority of the series or when he comes back will be limited, which is a reasonable guess with that injury. Um, I think Spears, uh, the Suns getting game one to stop the Bucks' momentum could also be pretty important. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. They got to They got to win game one. Um, especially if Giannis isn't there. Another, another guy I think is interesting is, and, and you and Ramona, you know this because you spent mm-hmm. a lot of time at Staples, Brooke Lopez in the post. I mean, I, lo- I, I love him in the post. Uh, and I, I think you need somebody that's going to make Aiton fatigue some, make, make Aiton work, make Aiton get in foul trouble. So I think he, he's kind of a, like a – I think Lopez is a hidden key. You know, he's a veteran guy. Yep. He wants that championship. Uh, he's getting towards the end of his career. He's savvy. Um, I, I, I really think he could be an X factor in this series. And Me too. If they could figure out – he could be aggressive uh, against Aiton, a younger player still who's still trying to figure things out. That that might might help the Bucks in some in, in in a big way. Brian, when when we had Brooke Lopez here in LA, okay, and he was with the Lakers, do you remember he was kind of a throw in to that trade, the D'Angelo Russell trade? I like, mean, I don't want to say his career was like in jeopardy, but he was like in a low point. And and career. I remember Rob Palinka from the Lakers kept going on and on about Brooke Lopez, like. This was for him. He was a key to that trade, and 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 he, you know, and other people just kind of saw it as like they made put him in there to make the salaries match or something, right? It was one of the better trades, I, I would say, in the way it sh- shook out and all the other ramifications in Laker history. And Brooke was great for them. He was like, he was their number one option that year, <laughs> right? That, that, yeah. you it was know, not like the greatest really, team they've ever. Had. No, but like he was really good for them. That was like a sort of resurrection year, and he had a couple of. Um, we forget like Brooke Lopez has an all-star level talent. Like that guy can play and, you know, kind of, they got him real cheap after that, you know, after a stint in LA, but, but the, people have believed in Brooke Lopez all along throughout his career he, because he has a lot of talent. We just haven't seen it all the time. Like sometimes it kind of comes and goes, but it's, it, it's not, you know, for lack of effort, it's not for lack of trying. He's just, and I will speak for a Stanford man because I am a Stanford girl, okay? And I, and I understand we used to have something called paralysis by analysis, okay? It is a common affliction among Stanford athletes um, where you just kind of overthink things and, um, and you, you get a little tied up and, it, and it's, it's, um, it's kind of gotten him throughout his career here and there, but it's, it is not something he has not, he can overcome it because he, he does all the time. And it's just something that's kind of always there. Sometimes it gets in his head a little bit, but um, I, I, I've always thought Brooke was a great player, man. I just, and, and, and when you get somebody like that on a stage like this, boy, this, this is his time to show out. And he was great for them in those last couple of games without Giannis. Well, I just, I cracked Bud a little bit earlier and Bud's taken a lot of incoming for, you know, the way he's coached the offense, but he has been Brooke Lopez's biggest supporter. And yeah, in an era where teams yep. hunt him on defense and they have to sometimes 
put him in drop coverage and sacrifice looking a little bit foolish. I mean, Bud believes in protecting the paint uh, more than he does defending the three pointer. Although I will point out these guys are the number one and number two teams in the playoffs and defending the corner three, Mm. which is the vital shot and not only defending it, but only allowing the fewest number. Um, Well, since, uh, since you brought up the corner three, I'm going to give you a little, and we're going into game one here. And I want to, this is a matchup I will be watching. Okay. PJ Tucker and Devin Booker. I don't know that PJ is going to guard him, but I know that when Devin Booker started out in the league, PJ was one of his vets. And, you know, Earl Watson was their coach. I just, you know, he's, he's, uh, there's a lot of ex-son people, Ryan McDonough, Earl Watson, who they're sitting back looking, looking pretty good right now in terms of the talent they drafted and developed. Okay. And Earl Watson used to let PJ Tucker guard Devin Booker in practice and he would never call a foul. <laughs> like the idea being we're going to let PJ go at book and just do PJ things. And it's going to be iron sharpening iron. And, and I don't know that PJ, I mean, look, PJ has defended Kevin Durant in these playoffs. Like imagine going from Kevin Durant to Devin Booker. That's an amazing skill set that you could do both, but I wouldn't be surprised to you see PJ on book a little bit. Huh. You know it was amazing? It was amazing. PJ Tucker wore Devin Booker's signature shoes at practice. Yeah, time. that's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, that is a fun little bit of Suns history that I that we're going to get to see out play play out in these finals. But I mean, Drew Holiday, I guess you could see a lot of Drew on on Devin, but I I, I sort of think Drew will be on Chris a lot. Um, PJ on the switches, maybe on Devin. Uh, or starting, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, situa- it, you know, okay? it's also situational. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> those two are going to be you talking. Know, Devin Booker is a pretty, I've been very impressed with his um, mental strength in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's obviously incredibly gifted and he's a hard, he's a very hard worker. But his mental strength for his first playoff run has really impressed me. But I, it's interesting that. Tucker did that today. Um, I have no, I have no idea what he's trying to do. I mean, look, uh, I don't. He, he, and he claimed that he had no idea what shoes. He no way. Yeah, right. PJ the guy has, has every shoe. He said, ever. Oh, we were home for an hour, and I just grabbed uh-huh. stuff. No, no, I have no, no idea what I have. No, yeah, no, no. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. He is the biggest shoe collector in the NBA. He is yeah. the sneakerhead of the NBA. He knew exactly in his closet yeah. where those shoes were. <laughs> <laughs> and when he when he, when he was on the flight home, he yep. was thinking about how where he's going to go get him and pack him. It might be the reason why they flew home. Like I, I'm still confused. <laughs> I'm well, still the thing about is why they didn't pack to go to Phoenix and just go straight to Phoenix. Like, what was the point of? I know going to Milwaukee. It's and, kind of and, bad juju, though, right? Like, it's a little bit of like you're going to Game Six. Let's close it out. But you kind of have to realize you might. I mean, if they would have lost, they'd have come home for Game well, Seven. Well, but it's also time, like. But, uh, I thought we got Pat- more time in Phoenix by now, and I know they're yeah. <laughs> Pat Riley, like the old pack one suit thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you could have said, you know, boys, we're packing for Phoenix because we're gonna go take care of business in Atlanta. Um, it's one of those things that you don't say until after you win. And then yeah, you say, that's true. By the way, we packed for a week. But but mm-hmm. like but like think about it just from our standards. If we got oh man, tomorrow I gotta fly to Milwaukee, and then the next day I gotta fly to uh Phoenix from that's a lot, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's just confusing to me why. I mean, these are younger guys, and yeah, they're in a private jet, 
But they're, they're, the one thing I think that was to the demise of the Clippers in the end where they were was fatigue, was being yeah. tired. Yeah. So to me, the quicker they could get to Phoenix, the better. We'll, we'll see tomorrow because while I'm worried about the Suns being nervous, I'm worried about the Bucks being tired. Well, that's a fair thing to point out. The one thing I will say is if if they felt that whatever their facilities were would get one extra day of treatment on Giannis's knee that would be better than facilities they could get in Phoenix, that would be worth. Yeah, mm, that's um, true. I mean, I, you know, in covering LeBron over the years, I've seen some teams do some extreme stuff. Um, like, uh, I think it was his second year. Uh, LeBron got cracked in the face by um, Dikembe Mutombo and he broke a bone in his face and, and uh, he had to wear a mask actually. Um, Mm. And they were, they were going to Charlotte the next day and um, the mask wasn't ready. They were making the mask at the Cleveland clinic and it just, it took time. You don't just make it Mm. in 10 minutes. So you have to like mold it and whatever. And so LeBron and the mask weren't ready. So the team, flew the plane down to Phoenix or down to uh, Charlotte and the plane <laughs> dropped them off, put the engines back up, turned around, flew back in a full size plane, flew back to Cleveland to pick LeBron and the mask up and to bring him down. Wow. Um, you know, and uh, so you, you know, for your star player, you do things. And if you felt like, you know, I'm just guessing, I don't know why they did it, but I'm just saying that that would have been worth it to them. Um, but there was an incredible piece of video that the Bucks put out on their social media feed uh, of the team leaving Milwaukee for Phoenix um, on Sunday. I guess it was uh, Sunday afternoon. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. It was of Giannis going to board the plane, so it was kind of like um, you know symbolic that you know he's going, he's going to be there. And but instead of they followed Giannis, but instead of walking around the plane to walk up into it, he, he walked under the plane um and it's you know the they fly 757 Mm. so it's a big plane he walked under the plane like behind the wheel and i swear you should go find it on the milwaukee bucks twitter feed i swear he his head clears the bottom of the jet by an inch wow but he he walks you know he obviously has done it before he knows he he knows he can clear it and he just like walks under it like barely misses hitting his head on the bottom of the plane and i was like that was kind of badass that was kind of badass the way he did yeah. that um so but I, I spears i think your point is well taken you know they they are at at the end of a run here and uh you know typically you do get some more time to start the finals because the finals dates are usually like locked in mm-hmm. weeks in advance. The finals usually begin on a Thursday and then game two is usually on Sunday. Um, that is the way it has gone for a long time, but this year they're trying to get this season over because for many different reasons, um, you know, the draft is coming and it's already so long. And so in other years, if this previous series had ended um, like it did over the weekend, we would have waited until Thursday. Game one would have been Thursday because it always is Thursday. So the Bucks would have had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, and they would have flown to Phoenix on Tuesday, media day, Wednesday, game one, uh, Thursday. Then they would have had two days off, Friday, Saturday off before game two. In this case, they get they lose basically one of their off days in travel. The other day is a media day. 
and they only get one day between games one and two. And that could end up that change of schedule that, you know, the, the oddness of the schedule um, played a role. I mean, I mentioned earlier that Clippers quick turnaround. Yep. the Clippers quick turnaround was because ABC ESPN had the Western conference yep. finals and ABC ESPN does games on Sunday afternoon in the Western conference finals had TNT had the Western finals this year, that game would have been at eight o'clock uh, Eastern, but it was ABC who had the West Finals. So instead of the Clippers getting that extra day, that full day, they only got a half day. Because, you know, if this was a different year, Giannis would have had an extra four days before game one and then two more days. He would have had a full week before the start of game two. But I'll say this, Bri, there are extra off days in this because it was either we were going to start on Tuesday if the Hawks, if the, if the Bucks won in six, or it was going to start on Thursday if the Bucks won in seven, or the Hawks won in seven. Okay. So you're going to start Tuesday or Thursday. It starts Tuesday, but we have the same day schedule. So it's Tuesday, Thursday, and then we play again on Sunday. Yeah, um, Ramona, but it's one extra. So if this was, to, if this was any other year, yeah. this was in 2018, yeah. Giannis would have had a full week and only missed one game. Yeah. Now he has a full week and he potentially misses three games. Right. So it's so it's a difference between playing one game in seven days and in seven days having to have having three games. So mm-hmm. I think Spears is on to something and we'll see how how it affects, especially since Phoenix has been sitting at home um, for a while and they had they had easy travel um, in the last round. So. Oh, my goodness. How far? I mean, like Denver is not even that far, right? So, yeah, they just had L.A., Denver and L.A. <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they were the first team ever to clinch two series. First road team ever to clinch two series in the same arena. They clinched, they clinched, <laughs> the, first and thir- they clinched the first round and yeah. the third round in Staples Center. Mm. So yeah, by the West Finals, Chris Paul wasn't the only player from the Suns familiar with that arena, right? All those. Yeah. Right. And, and Chris, during his recovery from COVID, he was in L.A. So Chris has basically spent most of the last, you know, five weeks, like most of it's been in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting, Brian? I'm going to throw this in there real quick. I talked to C.J. Paul, Chris Paul's brother, and he said that, thank God that they finished that Nugget series in four games. And he said Chris found out he had COVID after game four. Yeah, the next day. And so who knows how much of that the rest of the series he would have missed. Right. Know? Right. And that, that could have, you know, certainly affected what happened against Denver. Mm-hmm. But they swept him. So it wasn't an issue against the Nuggets. Yeah, he missed two games. But, mm. it, like, think about if the Suns were like the Bucks, and they had to begin their next series um, three, you know, three days later and then had to play three games in six days, Chris would have missed maybe five games. Yeah. So things have gone well for the Suns in this in this run. They've also played great. We'll see if it continues. All right. Thanks for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Um, thank you to Mark Spears and Ramona Shelburne, who will be uh, providing coverage of the finals from site. Um, thank you to our special producer for tonight, Daniel Dopp. We, we stole them away from Matthew Barry. Barry is probably in Hawaii right now. Um, <laughs> Daniel, is, is Barry in Hawaii or is he like in the Bahamas or something? 
I'm sure he's off on some island doing something Matthew-ish. You know how he is. Yeah, this so this is this is the man from the fantasy show. Like, you know, the real, like the number one podcast at ESPN. They get like trillions of listeners. So, you know, we lucked out and got him today for this for this show because it's a holiday weekend. But as a reminder, Zach Lowe and I will be recording after game after game one, and you'll be hearing that podcast will post quickly and then uh, it'll be it'll be up actually be up Tuesday night, but you know, certainly by Wednesday morning. So remember to check that out. And we're doing that um, in the hoop collective low post crossover during the finals. So check that out. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Everybody have a great week. Enjoy the NBA finals.